live from Earth, it's Space Radio. I'm Paul Sutter, astrophysicist at Stony Brook University and the Flatiron Institute. And for the next half hour, your agent to the stars. We've got an exciting show for you today where we are talking about NASA's Lunar Gateway and how you will not get to go. This show lives on listener questions. We record every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern when the audio streaming works here at Spaceman Studios in New York City. So leave a voicemail to get yourself on the air. You can also follow along with our Space Cadets tuning in live from around the world, including but not limited to the London, the London, UK. That's right, the London, UK, Portsmouth, UK, Wisconsin, Cheeseland, state of my birth. Of course it is. Darmstadt, Germany, Redmond, Washington, County Durham in in the UK, Dumas, Mississippi, Pell City, Alabama, Penzance, England, that's where the pirates are from, Iowa, India, Vipava, Slovenia, and another listener from the London, from the, why do I keep saying well, the London, UK? Oh, uh, Nancy is saying YouTube is not working, uh, but uh, I do have people over on YouTube saying they can hear me, so we're going to take a small little pause here. Just to make sure everything is okay. I want you guys to hear me. Okay, it just came back. Okay, fine. Fine. Okay, we are getting everyone confirmed. Sorry about the confusion, folks. I really don't understand what the problem with my streaming software is tonight. But listen, let's let's just talk about some news. We, we want to do a show tonight. We want to have fun. Yes, I think I think because I had to stop the stream, Zach, uh, because I had to stop the stream and then restart it, uh, it created like a new live stream link. But I believe uh, if you go, go to youtube.com slash Sutter slash live, I am there. Oh, but um, it's under a different title for some reason because who the heck knows why? No one knows what's going on. But it is uh, youtube.com slash Paul M. Sutter live to always catch me live. The old link didn't work anymore. <sighs> Technology. It made a new link. Yeah, Scott, I honestly don't know why it just decided to make a new link because the streaming software said, uh, LinkedIn to YouTube said, go here, go to where I was going to be live, but it made a brand new link. That's why some people are still trickling in and we lost some people. Oh, hopefully, but get those questions in. And if you're listening to this as the podcast version after I am sorry, none of this makes sense. Basically, we had a major audio malfunction for no reason whatsoever, and we are just coming back from it. Uh, and then there are some still some issues with with everything, with everything. And now, like, people are missing the show because they're still on the old link. <sighs> We're going to keep going, though. We're going to do the show because that is what we do here on space radio. The show must go on now. Check this out. I do want to open the show. I do want to start, get some news in. And a few things have happened this week that, um, yes, uh, Borat title. Is there really water on Mars? I know it's, it's so weird. I don't understand what YouTube decided to do. By the way, a few weeks ago, YouTube completely revamped how live streaming works. And like every, all the workflows and everything that was set up and just working were completely broken. I could go on. That's my life. I don't get paid enough for this. Not from you. You guys are very generous through Patreon. Anyway, let's talk about some news. And I want to play this video. Can you see my video? Of course you can't see my video. 
because nothing is working tonight. It is just one of those Google Chrome Lunar Gateway. Let's go. Okay, I can, screen sharing isn't working because of course it's... OBS says screen sharing is working and it says it is showing the video and it is obviously not. So that's fun. So this is just going to be an hour of Paul complaining about his streaming software. That is all this show is going to be. That is all this show is going to be. I'm, I'll try one more time. I'll try one more time. Oh, there's the questions. There it is. See, this is so free software is great, except when people like don't really work on it and it's confusing and it's a mess. So OBS is fantastic and I'm very glad it's in my life. It can also be very, very frustrating at times because it just sometimes stops working. Yes, uh, please, please keep sending questions. In. Now, yeah, keep getting questions in because I want to do this show right. So uh, here I'm here on the NASA website and this video is just hilarious. And if you're listening to the audio, you really should go. Uh, we'll put a link to this uh, in the show notes. It's the Lunar Gateway Project that NASA is setting up. And the video of it you're like oh a video i'm playing it right now on the live stream you're like oh yay a video for the lunar gateway this is gonna be fun i'm gonna learn about the gateway no it's just like this promotional video for the awesomeness of nasa and it like shows all this archival footage and then it shows people on chalkboards and then it shows some smiling faces and then someone's in a jet for some reason and then like there's some cgi of what a rocket might be to a decade from now but probably not and then there's a guy with a pen and he's like looking very serious and then lots of people like looking dead eye in the camera um yeah it's just a promotional video for nasa and so this encapsulates this perfectly encapsulates my thoughts on the lunar gateway project and the whole artemis program for nasa which is Oh, so NASA just recently announced this past week that the Lunar Gateway, which is like a smaller version of the International Space Station that is going to orbit the moon, not the Earth, uh, it just announced that we have a bunch of international partners like the European Space Agency, like the Japanese Space Agency, like the Indian Space Agency. Uh, they're, they're going to keep funneling money into this and build it just like they did the International Space Station, but smaller and around the moon and the intent for this is to act like the international space station but smaller and around the moon uh, but to maintain a continuous human presence in orbit around the moon to someday uh, support ground facilities there a lunar base that has continuous human presence develop a lot of practice technologies that will get us to mars okay this all sounds great in theory so far, the Artemis project is a name and a bunch of money spent. All of this relies on the Orion capsule and the space launch system, which is so beyond delayed and so expensive and such a boondoggle. It is, I'm just getting so pessimistic about NASA and I feel like I'm not the only one. And I love NASA. I love what they're doing. I love the science. I love the experimentation. I love the adventure. But the Artemis project, honestly, I'm recording this right now. 
on Thursday, November something. This week has been a very, very long week because we're all waiting on the results from the election. I feel like if Joe Biden becomes president, NASA is going to have a very com- a completely different direction. I feel like the Artemis project is probably going to go away or get rebranded or redirected uh, into something else because that's just what administrations do is they change NASA's mind for them. Even if Trump may- maintains the presidency into a second term, there's a very good chance that all of this is going to change. So I just get so jaded in my old age about the prospects for NASA doing cool stuff, especially when it comes to human spaceflight. They're just not... Uh, yeah, Astro B, the estimate is that there's a continuous human presence on the moon in 50 years, which might as well be the next, like, millennium, right? Like, like just saying something like, oh, we're building on this and it will it'll be ready in 50 years, like... NASA's barely even existed for 50 years. Like, what, 70 years? So now we're talking like double NASA's entire existence. We're actually going to maintain one plan and one program to actually achieve this goal. It's just, I get... Yeah, yeah, exactly. CS words. Fusion is 50 years away as well. It used to always be 20 years away. Now it's always 50 years away. We're just, it's just right around the corner. Just, you know, a couple generations from now, we're still going to, we're going to, we're finally going to crack it. I'm not saying we're not going to have human presence on the moon. I'm not saying we're not going to step foot on Mars. I don't know if NASA is going to be the one to lead it and innovate in that direction. And it's just, maybe it's just me getting crabby. I don't know. (sighs) Why is every space radio end up with me? Look, look, see, see what the live stream is doing, guys. See what this OBS, OBS does. It like continuously, randomly resizes my browser windows for no reason. For no reason. Sorry, this is, this is, can we reset? I want to recount. I want to recount of tonight's show, okay? Because I'm being cheated. Uh, the, the streaming software and YouTube are treating me unfairly. I'm being blocked from observing this fair process. I I demand a recount for this show. It's been a long week, folks. It's been a long week. Listen, listen, I want, I want to hear some questions. Let's talk about some cool science. Let's talk about some cool science. I think that, I think that will be good for everybody. If we start hearing some science, I've got, I've got a question here. Let's play it. Hey, Paul, I have a question that hopefully you can offer some insight into and clarify for me. So if, according to general relativity, the distortion of the fabric of space-time caused by a massive object is the agent of gravity that causes an object to move along a curved path, then why do we need the force-carrying particle known as the graviton? Would the graviton be described as imposing a force directly on the fabric of space-time itself, causing it to dis- to distort? Or would it be described as imposing a force directly on the bodies of mass? Thanks. Okay, so this is a super, super cool question. Thank you so much for this question because it, it really talks about essentially like what is gravity – what is the force of gravity? And, and 
if we have a better theory for how gravity works, what will that theory look like? So the current theory of gravity is Einstein's general theory of relativity. That is our best model for how gravity works. In this viewpoint, gravity really is distortions in space and time. Uh, you have an object that has mass or energy. It distorts space-time, and then the distortions in space-time tell other objects how to move, and this is how we experience the force of gravity. That is the force of gravity. It is a real force. Don't listen to the people that say gravity is a, ficti a fictitious force and not a real force. No, no, they're misunderstanding, uh, like, physics um gravity is a real force and this is how we experience the force of gravity is through deformations in space-time however as awesome as this theory is we know it is incomplete we know this is not the complete story we know this is not the whole picture for how gravity works for two reasons one there are places in the universe where general relativity tells us it breaks down, it breaks down in the centers of black holes, and it breaks down at the beginning of the universe. These are called singularities, and these are Einstein saying, no, no, you've gone too far. I don't know what's going on there. So we know general relativity doesn't describe those places. And we know that general relativity as it currently exists does not mesh well with our theories of quantum mechanics and our theories of quantum mechanics are how we describe the other forces of nature electromagnetism weak nuclear and strong nuclear when we try to develop a quantum picture of gravity everything falls apart and nobody has any idea what's going on so we don't know what a better theory of gravity would look like we don't know what a quantum theory of gravity would look like some people argue string theory provides the answer. String theory is on pretty shaky ground nowadays. Some people might argue uh, loop quantum gravity tells us what it is. Well, loop quantum gravity has never been on firm ground. When and you asked a very specific question, Alan, you talked about gravitons. Gravitons are, if we had a quantum theory of gravity then that quantum theory of gravity would contain particles called gravitons that would do the work of exchanging the gravitational force from one object to another, the same way that photons exchange the electromagnetic force from one object to another. We do not have a quantum theory of gravity, so we don't know if gravitons really do or do not exist. We don't know if that description is correct because the theory that says, hey, there's a graviton and that's what describes gravity, that very theory breaks down and so it's hard to tell what's going on. A new theory of gravity will have a new picture of how gravity works, of how this force works, of how this interaction works. At low energies, and here by low energies, I mean the vast majority of energies across the entire universe, this picture will look like the general relativity picture of bends and warps in space-time. But the actual picture will look very different. We don't know what that picture is. We don't know if gravitons will play a role as we currently understand gravitons. We don't know how they will behave. We don't know how to describe this in quantum mechanical terms. We don't know what that picture looks like. If string theory is correct, the string theory picture of gravity is very, very different than the general relativity picture of gravity. 
that said, string theory, we it's looking doubtful. This is my opinion based on all the evidence accumulated so far. String theory is looking pretty doubtful, but that's just me. So uh, that that's where I'm going to land. We just don't know what that more advanced theory of gravity will look like and because – because that's just really what it is. So uh, I want to get to some Space Cadet questions. Uh, you can leave a voicemail too, just like Alan did. Wasn't that wonderful, listening to someone else's voice for like 35 seconds? Uh, you can leave a voicemail to join the conversation, or you can catch the live streams on YouTube and Twitch. You go to spaceradioshow.com for all the links. Remember, this show is brought to you by you. You is definitely not brought to you by YouTube. Or my streaming software when the audio... I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> Visit patreon.com slash Sutter to learn how you can keep this show on the air. Assuming this... No, I'm not even going to go there. I'm, I'm, I'm going to move past it. I'm going to move past it. And we're going to do some space cadet questions with the time that we have. Michael over on YouTube is asking, are there infinite versions of me? And yes, uh, Wes, he's, Wes says, have some cheese, Paul. Calm down. You know you're absolutely right. Maybe I should bust out that cheese early so I can, I can just center myself. I can just center myself. So anyway, Michael, are there infinite versions of you? Maybe. Maybe. Here's, here's the uh, idea that leads to infinite versions of you. If, if the multiverse exists... And I'm talking about the concept of the multiverse that we get from theories of inflation, from theories of the very early universe. If that is true, then there are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of other bubble universes out there beyond the boundaries of our own universe. And I can I can throw up some cool pictures on the screen share here, uh, like there are all these cool artistic renderings that look absolutely nothing like real life. This is a this is a decent one. Like there's a bubble universe, which would be our universe, and then in some, if you kept traveling very, 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 very far, and you travel faster than the speed of light, you would encounter another universe, and that other universe might have different physics, might have different forces and particles and arrangements and structures, and so on and so on. If that picture of the universe is true, which we don't know it is, but if it is true and there are only a finite number of ways of arranging all the matter and energy in a universe, which there might be, there are some very strong, compelling arguments that say there are only a finite number of ways of arranging like particles and masses and energies and momenta and all the quantum mechanical states that make up the universe. I, there is a caveat on that is that we don't know if that is a correct statement. We don't know if that's a true statement because we don't understand like quantum mechanics on this large of a scale. But if that's true, then that means if there are an infinity of universes and mul many multiverse theories predict an infinity of universes, but only a finite number of arrangements of matter, that means this universe will be copied Somewhere that in a finite direction, like over there or over there or over there, if you travel far enough away, there is a doppelganger. There's a duplicate of this universe because you have an infinite number of repetitions of a finite number of arrangement. So like everyone wins the lottery. And it also means that there are an infinite number of duplicates of you because again, 
you have infinite repetitions of this universe. You have infinite universes and then a finite number of ways of combining all of the information. And so you end up with infinite uh, copies of yourself. But those two things have to be true. There has to be an infinite multiverse and there have to be a finite number of ways of arranging matter. We do not know if either, let alone both of those statements are true. If one of those is wrong, then there are not infinite copies and you truly, truly are unique. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep taking questions here as I share some cheese. Uh, Rodney is asking, isn't the lunar gateway a huge waste of time and money? How could people in a space station help with anything going on the ground? So the, uh, in general, the lunar gateway might be a huge waste of time and money, uh, but they can help people on the ground because uh, they're orbiting the moon. And the moon is a three days travel time away. So if you're doing a lot of experimentation on the ground, if you're trying to maintain a human presence on the moon, the gateway is going to be a very good stopping point, a way station, like you can send people to the gateway. And then the gateway can have uh, facilities uh, like rockets and stuff that go down regularly to the surface of the moon. And then when you're launching from Earth, you only have to worry about getting to the gateway. You don't have to worry about landing on the moon yourself because the gateway is going to get you down to the moon. So it's a... It's a gateway. It's 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 in the name. It's it's benefit is the fact that it is a gateway. So we have a yummy cheese here today, and I know this is going to be a good one. You know, some cheeses I bring on this show are going to be very experimental, and some are just going to be. I know it's already going to be a winter. We've got a Sartori brand here, and this is uh, placed first place in the American Cheese Society. This is the Sartori Reserve from Wisconsin Cheeseland, place of my birth, of course. We have uh, the Balsamic Bellavitano. Ah, see, si, a Balsamic Bellavitano. So it's two of the best things in the world. It's cheese and it's balsamic vinegar combined into one for the sole purpose of bringing flavor and taste and adventure into my mouth. So I'm cutting the wrapper here while I answer some more questions. So we've got um, Tom Bach. Are there any other places where equations or formulas of gravity break down besides black holes? What about with dark matter? So that's a great question. So the singularity of a black hole, our model of gravity, the math just falls apart. With dark matter, and by the way, this cheese smells amazing. With dark matter, the the equations aren't breaking down. There's just like some mysterious substance in the universe. Uh, or, or the equations, or in another view, the equations aren't quite capable of coping with the observations that we have. But the, but the math them itself is able to stay consistent and coherent. It just doesn't match up with what we observe. What happens in the singularity of a black hole? And, and by the way, many people have thought that the presence of dark matter was a signal that general relativity is wrong and we need to update it with a new theory of gravity. None of those theories of gravity have ever panned out and always failed a variety of experimental tests. And I want to answer this question as quickly as possible because this cheese is just seducing me with its scent here. This is amazing. Smells so good. Um, 
where was I? Dark matter, gravity, yes. Uh, but what happens in the singularity of a black hole is that the math itself falls apart and you can't even make predictions. You can't even make heads or tails. Check out this cheese. Look at this. It, it fell apart a little as I unwrapped it. Like I said, it smells amazing. Look at that dark, dark. It's got a dark brown rind, very crumbly texture. Uh, looks scrumptious. Now watch, I said, I said I wouldn't be disappointed. Now watch. Here we go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now that, now that is good. Wow. Cause it's rich, it's creamy. And then you get that balsamic vinegar note, that like slightly sweet, tangy, very like envelope around the entire experience. And it just, what problems with the audio? What problems with the streaming software? There are no problems with the streaming software. This is a great show, guys. This is fantastic. He, more people need to eat balsamic bellavitano. I can't help but do like a ridiculous Italian accent. Bellavitano. Mm-hmm. Wow. That wins my vote. I may have written in the name of a cheese as in my, my ballot for president. You don't know. Uh, Astro B is saying, as our universe is expanding and accelerating, it must be impossible to ever know if another universe exists. We can never go there and detect it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, we don't know if the multiverse exists. Yes, I'm still eating cheese. We don't know if the multiverse exists. We don't know if there's more out there. The only way we could know is if we have a theory of the multiverse that is mathematically coherent and makes predictions for our own universe so we could test it. And then through the process of mathematical induction or deduction, we could conclude that there are alternate universes, but we can never visit them. Mosaic Mind is asking, what cheese should astronauts bring to the moon? Is there any actual green cheese? Let's make some. Let's make some. Should I open up my own cheese shop and call it like green cheese? Um, first time listener asked a question above did i miss it thank you nancy oh where is it where is it where is it if everything is consciousness can i say that everything rule each other if yes then how can i say that our decisions are completely based on us i'm 16 welcome to the show very cool question especially for a 16 year old um i personally do not know what the nature of consciousness is it's definitely not my domain. I figure out how stars blow up. Um, what is reality? But people do ask, like, what is reality? What is real? Uh, is reality just in my head or is it uh, something else? Do we live in a simulation? Okay. From a purely scientific point of view, in terms of like, hey, I'm trying to answer questions about the universe, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if this is all a dream. 
It doesn't matter if we're in a simulation. It doesn't matter if this is an artifact of my consciousness or your consciousness. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it looks and feels and acts like it is real. And I don't know any different. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I can still go out in the universe and make observations and do science and deduce the, the inner workings of nature. To me, that's good enough. Like I don't wake up, I don't stay up at night wondering if this is all a simulation or a figment of my imagination because it doesn't change how I live my life. It doesn't change the people I love. It doesn't change the friends whose company I enjoy. It doesn't change this cheese. And which is simulation? Can you program some more right here? And it doesn't change how I operate as a scientist in trying to understand the natural world. Fantastic question. Larry is saying, I like the hypothesis that consciousness is not computational. That is Roger Penrose's idea. Basically, nobody agrees with Roger Penrose. I mean, people agree with Roger Penrose, recent Nobel Prize winner, about a lot of things, but not about his idea of what consciousness is because he's kind of not paying attention to like actual neuroscientists. Felipe is asking, do I read Cosmic Horror? I do not. Sorry. Not my thing. Uh, Jason is saying, shouldn't NASA focus on building a space infrastructure first before sending probes out to faraway galaxies? I assume you mean like planets or the solar system. It depends on what you want your priorities of NASA to be. Do you want NASA to prioritize human spaceflight? Or do you want NASA to prioritize scientific expeditions? Scientific expeditions are going to be remote robotic probes. In all cases, it's just going to be far, far, far cheaper to keep throwing probes at Mars or the outer solar system. This is up for debate. This is part of the national conversation on what NASA should prioritize. Should it be infrastructure, human spaceflight capabilities, human capabilities in space, or scientific exploration? They're trying to do both. Maybe they're not doing a great job at both, so maybe they should focus on one or the other. Unfortunately, we are almost out of time today because um, I'm going to have some more of this cheese, and I'd like to do it in privacy. <gasps> Thank you for joining me on this Voyage of Space Radio. Once again, I'm Paul Sutter, and this show is brought to you by you. Please visit patreon.com slash pmsutter to learn how you can contribute. Thank you. Nancy Graziano for producing this show and wrangling the space cadets. Catch the live stream every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern when it works. Visit spaceradioshow.com for more info, the links to the live stream locations, all the usual stuff. You can follow me directly on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. My name is at Paul Matt Sutter. And of course, thanks again, space cadets, for listening. See you next week. And remember, science is for sharing. End of transmission. <laughs>